Nothing important. Matt Reyes. It's hump day, baby. It's motherfucking hump day. Get your hump on. You silly sons of bitches. Um, I like setting up my hump day to stress me out even more than an actual Wednesday would. So if you got a workout regimen, if you work out four, five, six days a week, put your hardest workout on a Wednesday. Just fuck yourself completely on a Wednesday. Make it go wrong because it's going to go wrong. I'm joking. Wednesdays are amazing. Wednesdays are fucking incredible. Hopefully everybody's having a good Wednesday. Um, it's chilly in my fucking house. And I just turned the heat up. And it's not heating up. Not fast enough. My feet are cold. Brother. Why do people say that, brother? White people call each other brother. Um, it has the same effect as when white people call a black man brother. They just sound racist. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, brother. It's like the hard R. I guess kind of like my brain gets triggered. Like hard R's on the end of nigger. Brother, nigger. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But they, they both sound pretty racist. Um, I'm, I'm sorry for anybody who just says that word and they're not racist. But to a lot of people, perception is reality. And we have to kind of accept that. Not everybody is going to be able to see who you are. Most people in this lifetime aren't going to be able to see your individuality. Even if you expressed it in the most digestible fucking way. They're not going to be able to perceive you. Because most people walk around with blinders on the side of their face. And it's called bias. It's called, it's called preconceived notions. It's called um, prejudice. Whatever fucking word you want to use. It's just most people operate like that. They just see people and they make rash judgments on what that person is like. And we, we have no fucking idea. We have no fucking idea. I think half of the people that are racist that are racist, like racist actions, not just saying stupid shit on Twitter, not just exploring freedom of speech and putting the N-word 500 times a goddamn day. People who actually do racist fucking things or they say hateful things to other races, I don't even think half of those people are actually racist. I think they just don't know themselves. I think they just don't fucking know themselves. Like how, you know, like everybody goes through that, you want to call it like a fucking metamorphosis when you're young and you're retarded and you don't know who you are yet and you're acting out various characters of either people you perceive as successful or you perceive as popular or you look up to for whatever fucking reason and you try to explore yourself through that person's shoes and when you become an adult you look back and you're like oh my god that is horribly embarrassing like i was a fucking moron we've all done it We've all done it. Now, imagine somebody who's like born Caucasian in a neighborhood or an environment that the echo chamber was racism, that the the, the fucking <laughs> the ideologies bouncing off the, the wall, reverberating around them for the first 20, 25 years of their lives was just racist bullshit. And they weren't actually racist. But like all of us, they took on that fucking character of what was available to try to find themselves and then come to find out when they're 30, 35, 40 years old. Oh, shit. 
I'm not racist. I actually don't give a fuck about that. Um, but I made a big boo-boo. Now, <laughs> and I was unfortunately born in the, the, the techno- technologically advanced era where everything is recorded on the internet. Uh, it's kind of, it's, it sucks. It fucking sucks, you know? R.I.P. to uh, the, the dignity and the humanity for anybody who made those mistakes by posting your, your opinions on Facebook or <laughs> various social media sites in the past and broadcasting it to everybody you fucking know. Um, <laughs> it is crazy, son. I've, I've seen some crazy shit. I've seen people who 10 years ago on Facebook came out as like bisexual, trisexual, pansexual, whatever the fuck terminology, right? They come out in an essay format on Facebook. I would like everybody to know that I identify blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they're basically saying that they fucked a dude. If they're a guy or if they're a girl, fucked a, a girl. And they want everybody They want everybody to know about it. All their Facebook friends. <laughs> Not just their small group of friends, you know, the other 18-year-olds that they hang out with. But they want their their great aunt to know. Uh, they want their second cousin who they used to hang out when they were kids and they don't hang out anymore. They want everybody to fucking know that they fucked a dude or they fucked a girl, somebody the same sex. And then I've seen the years pass. And just like what I was just talking about, that character that people play out of the person they admired or the ideology that they think is popular or whatever thing that they were trying to, whatever road they were trying to walk down because they were young and confused, I've seen that wash away and they come into who they really are. <laughs> that has to be soul crushing. You put that shit out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's wild shit. It's wild shit. Um, I did that too, though. I did that too. Uh, I never fucked the dude. I, <laughs> I'm glad that wasn't part of my experimentation phase. You know what I'm saying? I never fucked the dude. Um, I wasn't racist, so I don't have to face that incredible humiliation. But there's shit about my past that I'm fucking horrified about. I'm horrified about it. I don't know why I did it. I look back and I'm like, who was that? That's not me. That wasn't me at that time. I was just trying on the shoes. I'll be fucking candid about a time I did it. Uh, My father did not raise me. My father did not raise me it's kind of like this fucking passed down habit it's it's the tradition in my fucking uh, on the paternal side of my family tree because his daddy didn't raise him and i'm sure that that guy's daddy didn't raise him either a long line of abandoned musicians and um because my father didn't raise me i didn't really long to have him as a father it's something i didn't know i didn't know and i didn't really when I was young, like, oh, I want a dad. That's not how I thought. But I wanted to find myself and me being a guy with dick and balls and my mother being a woman with a with a fajina. I didn't see myself through her. So I would try to piece together who I thought I was or explore myself through the stories I was told about this guy. He was a, you know, he was a crazy drug addict musician, uh, you know piece of shit uh but i didn't want to like emulate the negative characteristics i heard i wanted to emulate who i thought i i was through him you understand what i'm saying so 
I went out and I am a musician. I love music, but I tried all these different types of music and playing shit and trying to be a musician. It was stuff that I didn't really like just because it's stuff that I heard that he liked. And so I explored myself through that. And I look back now and I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking embarrassing. Holy shit. But it's a part of, of life. It's a part of life. Um, so I don't judge anybody who, when they were in college, you know, put a dick in their mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or any girls who decided to scissor. I don't judge you because, you know, I can't say I understand that. But I, I get the mindset. I get the methodology. I get the progression of human evolution and the scope of however goddamn long the average of a man or a woman's life is. I understand we all go through psychological uh, thresholds of development. And one of those stages is emulating people. And if the people around you or for whatever reason, the people you admire at that time are doing stuff that is just completely opposite to who you are. As young people, we still emulate those things sometimes. You know what I mean? What was I just watching recently? I was watching and it's just like a fucking another example of I grew up in the projects in Harlem, in New York City, a big problem that is widespread in the inner city of New York, but I would say in hoods all across America is influence. Huge fucking problem on the collective psyche of people who come from the fucking hood in America. The influence that they receive and the, I mean, it's inevitable across the board, regardless of where you come from. When you're young, you're more impressionable. Young people are malleable. They're looking to emulate somebody, to impersonate somebody, to find themselves. I fucking drilled down the point already. But in my neighborhood in particular, people idolized characters in hip hop music. And as you come to become an adult, it's something I saw very young. Uh, not everybody comes to this conclusion, but I came to this conclusion very young. Thank God for my fucking survival. I didn't want to emulate that because I knew it was, it was bullshit. It was an illusion. And as you get older, you start seeing more and more examples of that shit just being fucking bullshit. It's not real. It's not real. Most of the rappers that are famous and successful and go out there and portray these images, they're not gangsters. They, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's some of them there are. There's some of them are. I think if you go on Google, you do a quick search about a couple rappers, you see that they have some actual cases against them. Some people are really about their life. The vast majority <laughs> is not. And it's crazy to me because it's like, you know, what that does, that influence, it creates an environment where most individuals throw away the potential to find their individuality and they just stay headfast and uh, never kind of deter from the road of what f initially influenced them. So if it was like a hip hop artist, they commit to that character and they see it all the way fucking down the line. And then at 35, 40 years old, hopefully they're not in the fucking feds in a cell or haven't ruined their life, their lives in an irreparable way. You know what I'm saying? Um, they have a reflection point. Maybe they are in that situation, but at a reflection point, they start to notice that person who they idolized that got them to that point in their shitty point in their life. That person wasn't even what they thought they were. It wasn't even what they fucking thought they were. You know what I mean? 
And I was seeing another example of that. Like uh, one of the, uh, he's a hip hop artist. I think is extremely talented. The guy has an incredible voice. He's an incredible writer. He's been in the industry for years. The guy's nasty as a fucking MC, Jadakiss. But I've been seeing interviews lately where he got his whole family on the fucking panel. This nigga's not gang. He, what, what's going on? He didn't come from that. I'm not saying he didn't do. I don't want to say that he didn't sell no drugs or he wasn't in the street or on it. But from what his father's talking about, you know, when he, when they're getting interviewed as a family, sounds like this guy. First of all, the father's like extremely educated, straight edge, educated, wise individual. Looks like he raised his child up to be very cognizant. Um, he was exposing that this kid is college educated and he he went to good schools. I'm like, what did this whole persona and this whole what what what? What, 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 what? It's wild to me. Because I really did grow up like that. No, I'm not a street nigga. No, I didn't sell no crack. No, I didn't sell no crack. I never sold no crack. But I really did grow up like that. <laughs> and this shit is just fucking wild. Like as a 30-year-old man, I can see all these people that I saw the people in my neighborhood idolize. And really did what they was talking about in these songs really did it really did it at a young age 11 12 13 pistol murders getting murdered selling drugs real narcotics fbi raids that's the real environment that i come from the act my actual life and i find it so hilarious it's like i get older and it's like a lot of these guys and these industries, they're just fucking characters. They're just fucking characters. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's just wild to me. You know what I mean? It's also like, it's funny how that's taboo uh, for people to fucking talk about. I guess because it's like, you know, people in the positions of power in that industry want to keep it, or at least the artists want to keep it hush-hush because that's the money game. That's the money game. It's a game of influence and blah, 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 blah. I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? I have full right to talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about, especially... When it comes to the hood, because I actually came from that. I actually came from that. I actually came. No. <laughs> it's just wild, bro. That shit is fucking crazy. Um, it's crazy, man. That's probably one of the most dangerous things for a young person is like the right influence. Not getting caught. And I would say, I said it earlier, like I caught on to the hip hop industry being bullshit. I got to give credit where credit is due. My household was super fucked up growing up. It was super fucked up. I could complain all day. I could say my mother didn't do enough. I could say she chose the wrong man to be in the household. I could blame my father for abandoning me. But I could also not be a bitch and take my own life into my my own hands and my take responsibility for everything I get in this life into my own hands, which I choose to do. And then look at the positives, the lessons that were provided for me. I also did grow up with a stepfather who was on crack, but he wasn't always a crackhead. Before he was a crackhead, he was an immigrant from Bogota, Colombia, who moved to America into Castle Hill Projects in the Bronx. And didn't speak English and his only route to survive when he got here in the early 80s, excuse me, the early 70s and growing up in the, in the 80s in the crack epidemic in the Bronx was to sell cocaine. And he got big in the fucking game, did five, seven, five states, seven federal, 
And he gave me a lot of lessons about just things that tip, typically you would not, uh, lessons you would not learn at eight years old. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the reality of what that life is like, the shit on the music videos and the records where everybody was like gangster, gangster, and it was like popping and shit like that. That's what everybody in my environment was absorbing. And it was like a popularity thing. Like, oh shit, I'm gangster. Or I could spit the razor out of my mouth or I'm part of this gang. Or I got this flag or I got these bees. Or yo, we gonna go stall on these niggas. Or we gonna go fight this school. And all that stuff. That was the the majority of the culture that people were ingesting. In my household, I was getting a real uh, <laughs> up and close view of what that life leads to. As an example for my stepfather, beside the fact that he actually sat us down multiple times and told us what it was. He told us what prison was really like. Some crazy motherfucking stories. Some crazy fucking stories. I remember my, my stepfather would walk around the house with no shirt on. And he had a scar that was like, you can't see where it started, but he told us where it started. It's like right above his dick. So all you would see is the scar starting right as belt line where short start and all the way up to like right before his chest. And it was a big keloid, big ass fucking keloid. And I, I, you know, when I got a little older, I asked him how he got that. And he said, this is what you get when you don't let him fuck you. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to prison. I'm not going to prison. I'm not going to prison. I am not going to prison, son. That's what I saw. You know, people in the street where I grew up. They were listening to the music and they were like, yo, if I do step A, which is sell the drugs, step B, kill the competition, step C, become the kingpin, then I can have all this stuff like a fucking rap album. That's not what I saw. I saw step A was uh, extreme poverty. Step B was resort to what you got to resort to because you have low psychological ceilings or you haven't seen any other options to make money. Step C, the trap was set. You took the cheese. Now you're going to feds. And there's niggas there that got life and they want to fuck you in the booty. <laughs> and if you don't comply, they will stick something else inside of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I saw some crazy shit and, and heard some crazy stories growing up that kind of deterred me. So I'll give credit what credit is due. You know, I'm glad about my child because as fucked up as it was um, in my household, it at least provided me lessons to survive my environment growing up. You know what I mean? You know, and it's so dangerous when people are young. Yeah, yeah, I, I do give credit to myself as well. I'm lucky to be smart and to kind of like uh, have natural skills or have developed skills of survival, emotional intelligence, reading the situation, uh, knowing dangers when around, you know, know when I'm going too far, knowing I have to keep on. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of shit. I give credit to myself, but it is also... I was influenced with different things, you know, it's a balance is necessary, you know, and I I feel bad for kids um, who grew up like I grew up, but didn't have that example of what it's the reality of it, the reality of it, that there's people in prison that uh, they're in prison for selling a drug because they had no other option. Um, to make money and they wanted to be prosperous. They had ambition. They wanted to take care of their family and they had no education. And now they're in prison and they got to shit and not wipe their ass 
for months and walk around smelling like a fucking rotting corpse so people don't fuck him in the ass. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's the reality of what's going on. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> Wild shit, man. Influence is crazy, though. You got to be careful. I think it is. And that, that's the tricky thing about it, too. It's like it, it can be poisonous, but it also is the only way. You have to step into another person's shoes to find yourself at one point or another in your life. You have to. It's just the trick of not being led down the wrong path. There's so many people that walk around and try to sell a persona or a character. And all that they're really selling is a, a life of pain for the recipient, for the person who wants to try that fucking outfit on. It's not nice. It's not nice, man. So, you know, hopefully there's no children listening. But if you are a child listening and you are in a similar situation that I grew up in, um, don't don't be a gangster. It's not real. It's not real. It is not real. It's not real. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to make a rap album. It's going to be one song and I'm just going to have uh, one ball. It's not real. And that's going to be the whole shit. That's going to be the whole shit. And that's going to be the realest shit that ever dropped in the hip-hop industry. You know what I'm saying? I feel bad for hip-hop sometimes because it is really a genius genre that geniuses participate in. Don't get me... I'm not trying to discredit the music and the art form, but it is what it fucking is. And I could talk about it because I grew up... I, I really grew up... With the rap song that everybody talking about that they're not really from that, I really did come from that. I actually did. That actually happened to me. You know what I'm saying? That was my literal environment. It's not... I didn't go into on a notepad and say, how can I make this shit sound dangerous? How can I make this shit sound gangster? No. No. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> how can I? You know what I mean? I got stories for days, man. I got stories for days. Um, not going to hold on that, um, but be careful who you influence. But I, I even hate like nowadays. I mean, it's just evolved. That retarded game of influencer, influency has just evolved into like even more stupidity. And now people are like emulating uh, social media influences. I was watching this. They were saying that um, the number one commodity right now is ideas. So in the past, back in the fucking day, the number one commodity was an actual physical commodity. It was oil, right? And that got fucking outdated because it got monopolized and we don't really fucking need it. It's just a game now. It's just a game. We're in a transitional period. It's, it's a thing of the past. That was the number one commodity at one point in time. Then that transitioned into information. Information became the number one commodity for a long goddamn time. You go into a Dwayne Reed, you try to check out some toothpaste, and the motherfuckers trick you. They say, you want this toothpaste half off? And you say, goddamn, I want this toothpaste half off. Put your number in, bitch. Put your address. Swipe your card. Now we got all your fucking info, right? You go to a bank and you say, I, I just made some money. I want to deposit that money. I need an account. Let me go to the bank and get a bank account, right? And you do it and it's all smooth. And you're like, man, I don't got to pay. You guys are giving me benefits. I get a little bit of interest. This is really nice. I get a nice shiny debit card. Where do you make out? And then they slap those disclosures on the desk and they slide that over to you. And you got to sign your soul away. And they get to sell that to every fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry on the internet. That was the game for a long goddamn time. 
Now the number one commodity is ideas. It's fucking ideas. And so the gods of the earth right now are fucking social media influencers. And it's the same thing. A lot of them, they're portraying a lifestyle or skill set or uh, an individuality, a perspective. That's bullshit. It's not real. It is not real. It's not going to help you. It's not going to take you nowhere. It's like everybody who's selling motivation, everybody who's selling a perspective of um, a route to riches, everybody who's selling, you know what I'm saying? It's all bullshit. There's a very, it's, it's a small handful of people that are in that space that are actually successful, that provide information or perspective that is actually of value. You know what I mean? And that, that's just what it is. So people got to be safe. In that regard as well, you know, because then what happens is like people will then invest so much time and energy into trying to become successful and the routes by which they get to the success, which is it's not really happening. And I'll explain why. But the routes by which they get to the success is not really an individual pursuit. They're just emulating what they think will get them to success. And what I find a lot is like people call themselves creatives and they're online posting their workout videos. And I'm like, what is what is <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? Um, yeah, it's wild, man. It's wild. It's because somebody did it to great success, and then you have a big crowd that wants to like repeat that action. And that's not how it works. It's not how it works. You don't bear fruit. By robbing the ideas of the guy that's making it work. You can be inspired by it. You could be a person like, it's not to say everybody, so this happens a lot. There's always that interview with like a musician who's incredibly talented and famous. And there's, there's Prince sitting down and they're asking him like, who inspired you? And he just ta- starts talking about uh, James Brown or somebody, right? It's Michael Jackson sitting down. Who inspired you? He starts talking about who, whoever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? Sam, Co- you, you understand the point of this, right? And people take that and they synthesize that in their own life and they forget talent. They forget gift. They they forget being good at it. You know what I'm saying? Like Michael Jackson could have been influenced by goddamn anyone. He would have always been talented. You put him in any time and space in history, he would have always been a gifted human being. He just would have probably had a different genre of music or expressed that in a different way. But he would have always been an artist. And the problem is, is that people want to be influenced by a person that they like and not analyze themselves. Like, is this really my route? Is this really, you know what I'm saying? You know how many fucking bodybuilders I see? You know how many chefs I see on Instagram? It's, it's wild. It's wild. And I wonder how many of them, that's actually their thing. Or is it just trendy to, you know? Because the way I look at it, and this sounds mean, but it's fucking honest. It's honest. I don't say this in a maliceful way. I, my intention, I'll be, I'll be very, very fucking honest for a moment. My intention anytime I speak in truth is that if I'm right or if I'm wrong, hopefully by fucking accident, it helps somebody. I can't be right all the goddamn time. I can be honest. My honest truth is I don't really understand people. I'll say it like this. There's two sides to being on Instagram. Right. There is the consumer aspect of it and there's the producer aspect of it. There's nothing else. 
There's nothing else. There's nothing wrong with being a consumer. There's nothing wrong with being the producer. There's nothing wrong. It's not a negative. It's not a either or, this one's better, this one's better. That's not what it is. It's just the two sides of it. You're either scrolling on it. You could be both. You know what I'm saying? You could be a scrolling son of a bitch and you enjoy it. You get your tits and your shits and giggles and you go on to your regular life and you, you enjoy that as a product, a free service. Or you could be somebody who's there trying to provide value in the form of laughter or whatever. And then what I see too much is like people don't realize that and they'll transition the consumer aspect of it and put that in the role of production. Like working out and eating and that's not creativity. That's not a production of something. That is not, you know what I'm saying? Like it becomes this big pool of a ton of people uh, showing themselves on their daily activities, working out, doing all these things with the mindset that it's going to motivate somebody else. But really what it does, it's like it just creates this huge pool of competition between people who are all doing very similar things. And I just don't see how that leads to success or, or I'm not really even understanding what the product is. I'm not really understanding what, what the value provided is. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. Because there is, once again, the consumer aspect of it, there's a self-aggrandizing part of it. It's look at me. That's the consumer part, though. That's not the producer part. The producer part, you got to provide value. You got to put something that is unique, um, that is entertaining, that is, you know what I'm saying? That gives value to whoever's receiving that, whether it be silly fucking shit or actual information. And I think people forget that. And then they just start posting about themselves, thinking that that is valuable to another individual. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, whoa, I don't You know? Like if it was a if it was a workout reel or something posted online and it's like an instructional video or a workout that you could follow, I would understand it. But if it's like a highlight reel of somebody lifting weights, I don't get it. I don't personally fucking get it. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. It's like you could go on Instagram and show your recipes. That's value. Or you could show yourself eating. I don't understand the you know what I'm saying? Especially if it's like eating with no review. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Just somebody fucking slurping down pasta. I don't understand the value there. Um, but it's that, that thing of being influenced and then not really inspecting your own individuality of what are you, who are you, what are you providing? You know? I think human beings in general do that too much. I, I just said it like it was something you do in your youth. I think a lot of people, I think industries do that too much. Industries are always chasing the hot thing. They're always chasing a trend, what people people's eyeballs are on, and they just milk that and then go on to the next thing. That's the machine. And that is sustainable in a super mass scale. But for an individual, that's like, it's a ridiculous concept to think you just can keep on chasing trend. And that is going to, you know, I don't know if that's fucking clear. I think it makes sense to me. Ladies and gentlemen, let's read some motherfucking news. Let's read some goddamn news. I got a couple things I found interesting on the motherfucking internet. On the intranet, I found this very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, because this doesn't happen every goddamn day. Mega Millions tickets sold 
in the Bronx. In the Bronx. The Mega Millions ticket was sold in the Bronx worth $20 million. $20 million. And when I first read that headline, I know New York City. I know the Bronx pretty fucking well. The Bronx is big. There's some nice neighborhoods in the Bronx. I had to go look up the address that they were talking about to make sure that this was a special story. In fact, there's a special story, ladies and gentlemen. This was sold on 170th Street. That's the hood. I don't got to know 170th and what? Just 170? I know that's the hood. I can guarantee it, ladies and gentlemen. Doesn't happen all the fucking time. Somebody from the gutter just got $20 million. 20 beans. Hopefully that son of a bitch does something smart with it. And the only thing that you can do smart if you're from the Bronx, if you live on 170th Street, if you just won $20 million in the Mega Millions lottery, there's probably two things that you can do that, that are smart. Everything else is going to pale in comparison. I'm not talking about go get a financial advisor. I'm not talking about lawyer up because all your family is going to come for your fucking profits. I'm not talking about build a wall around your apartment. I'm not saying go invest wisely in Bitcoin, wait for the fucking bottom, and then rub your hand on a crystal ball to know when it's going to top off, buy low, sell high. I'm not saying any of that. There are two very smart decisions that you got to fucking make. The first of which is to move. You can't be in the Bronx. <laughs> you can't be near the Bronx. Preferably don't be on the East Coast anymore. Get away from everybody you fucking know. Get away from your mommy, get away from your daddy, get away from your cousins, your little sister, your pet. Get away from fucking every at least for a couple years. You know what I'm saying? At fucking least for a couple years. The second smart thing, I don't know the law in New York City, I know some states, it's a state-by-state state kind of thing. Uh, when you win the lottery, you can choose your anonymity or you can choose getting on the motherfucking news like a dumbass son of a bitch. Some states, they will put you on the news whether you like it or not. I would say if you are in the Bronx, 170th Street, you just won 20 beans, stay the fuck out of social media. Fuck the news. Stay away, delete your Instagram, your Facebook, your MySpace, whatever the fuck you still on. You know what I'm saying? Get off of Tinder. Leave it alone. Go get a new phone. Go get a flip phone for at least a couple years. This a fucking peer, please. Because there's so many ways for somebody who's from the Bronx, 170th Street, that just got $20 million to not only lose that money in a year, but to die, to be murdered. Please run away. I don't know who it is. Hopefully you're listening. Get the fuck out of there. Get the fuck. Get the fuck out. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think everybody would agree that knows the Bronx. Um, something else I found hilarious. Um, I guess Trevor Noah quit The Daily Show. Uh, very smart move. He made his money. The guy's making tons of fucking money. He's probably doing a fucking interplanetary comedy tour. He's known around the globe. He is from the big-ass continent of Africa. He's getting different types of money like a Jay-Z song. Nigga's getting yen. He's getting, uh, you know what I'm saying, pace. He's getting everything. He's getting everything. So he stepped away, and right now they have a bunch of guest speakers. And I like the person they had on most recently, Leslie Jones from SNL. She's great. She got the gift of gab, great personality. I think she fits the, the liberal model. You know what I'm saying? If we're going to be all all crazy liberal, at least get a black woman. Give a black woman a shot. You know what I'm saying? If we're going to be crazy liberal, 
and tell kids that Santa Claus had a husband, at least let a black woman say it. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> there's always that thing where it's like gay people, I, I imagine, have been horrifically oppressed. Nothing close to black people. And obviously the most oppressed black person in America is going to be a black woman. Leslie Jones, not only a black woman, this isn't fucking affirmative action. She's well qualified. She's very funny, very smart, very smart. She was talking about uh, something that I thought was like crazy, yo. In Boston, you know, I'm going to say Boston again. I might say Boston a third time. Just did it because that's all the context clues you need, ladies and gentlemen, to understand what the fuck is going on. The city of Boston decided to erect a statue for Martin Luther King Day. They're saying this statue costs a lot of fucking money. It's made out of bronze completely. It's humongous. It's also horrendous. It is ugly as a motherfucker. It looks like the hands of uh, two black people squeezing a big piece of doo-doo. I don't know what it was. I'm not understanding the artist's rendering. I'm not understanding the sculptor's uh, fucking man manifesting, whatever the fuck was drawn up in the blueprint. It looks terrible. And uh, Leslie Jones has a hilarious take where she says... It looks like Martin Luther King was eating Coretta's pussy. Very fucking true, though. Go look it. Go look it up. You know, the photo I'm looking at right now, disgusting, and it's like a, a, a guy, he's touching it. He's touching the, the wrist of what would be Coretta Scott, and she has like a pearl bracelet, and he's touching it. Um, nothing is nice about this photo. It's disgusting. Um, but I like Leslie Jones. I like Leslie Jones for The Daily Show. I think that would be flying. I think that will be fly. You know what else is fly? Brittany Griner a couple fucking weeks ago. She flew to America from Russia and she's out. She got the light Caesar. She got the little fucking, you know what I'm saying? The, the tape up. She got the fade. She's with her girl and she's celebrating Martin Luther King Day. Not in front of a disgusting statue, but I think that's fucking great. I think that's great. You know what I'm saying? She's happy to be home. We're happy to have her. America's gangster once a fucking again. Nobody left behind. I think that's a beautiful fucking message. She's also a black woman. I said that twice. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be the goddamn podcast. For anybody who's continuing listening to the Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go on to my Instagram. Like the posts. Like the reels. Until next time.